broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Ladies and gentlemen, and we are live with our second show of the week. If you're checking this out on the channel, and if you're checking this out on Phoenix 92.5 FM, well, I don't know. Maybe this one will go out. Maybe the other one will go out. We'll all find out. But you are most welcome to the Wrestling Rewind here on Nerd Snow Media, Phoenix 92.5 FM, and the Two Penny Channel. Dave, you're back from the dead. Back from the dead indeed. It's a great day for wrestling, everybody. Welcome back to the only show hosted by fans that don't hate wrestling. Full disclosure, I totally thought Dave like fell asleep yesterday. And I was like, I'll just do the show and he might wake up. And uh, it turns out I got the day wrong. <laughs> so you guys get, happens. You get two for the price of one. But, you know, it, look, as, as cool as it was to do a, um, a fan submitted thing, I just hope the next fan submission isn't something that is like, you know, that has something to talk about because I was watching this going, where are the, where's the talking points? Like, what are we supposed to take away from here? Because I just didn't know. But yeah, guys, that's over on the channel. Um, and it's also up on the True Penny channel. He got it up, so he got that up super quick. And the cool thing about it is there's also a segment uh, from myself and Bryn from a couple of years ago and an interview with Matt Hardy from a couple of years ago that I don't think is on the channel yet. So um, do check that out. I'll post those segments individually on the on our uh, YouTube channel, of course. But um, yeah, so that's what's going on now. But this is show 34, I believe. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I'm just going to double check. Yes, it is show 34, whatever. Yes, it is. Whatever it is on the channel, that's what we're on. And we're going to look at something very, very cool. And here's something that I want to do kind of going forward. It's August now, Dave. So it is August. It's SummerSlam season. Yes, it is. And... You still haven't seen a lot of these shows from the Aji there. So no. I the, uh, I, and, I, you know, I love not knowing the results going into them. I like actually watching old shows, but always being surprised because I'm still caught up in the what's going to happen part of the match. Oh, yeah. And uh, SummerSlam 1998 is their kind of uh, rewind show this week. So we're going to look at that in, uh, you know, in, in due course. But, guys, if you're in the chat, let us know. Speak up. Uh, you know, you're obviously obviously more than welcome. And look, if there's a show you want us to cover, let us know in the chat as well. It's the best way to do it, honestly, in the comments. Um, but also, you know, nerdtoknowmedia at gmail.com. Nerdtoknowmedia on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Nerdtoknowmedia.com in general for all that stuff. We are building out some changes, some more changes are coming to the Twitter and stuff like that. So bear with us while they're happening. But for the meantime, the best way to reach out is... Uh, directly via the YouTube channel um, or by email. So it is what it is, right, Dave? So, oh, absolutely. I'm so excited that I get to do my Dave React segments. <laughs> when you weren't nervous. on the show, yeah, when you weren't on the show last, when you weren't on the show like yesterday, I was like, oh man, you know, I had these ready to go. And anyway, 
So here we which, go. Here we go. So I have two for you this week, right? All right. Actually, I have three. I have three for you this week, right? Oh, triple threat. Okay. Yeah. So which one is real, right? Oh, no. Which okay. one isn't? I don't know so, any rumors this time. No, last, last, last time I kind of was able to suss it out. I'm not sure. This, this is great. Okay. So the first one concerns Marty Janetti, right? So. Oh, I might have seen this. So this week, has Marty Janetti allegedly been outed as leader of a drug smuggling ring, admitted to killing a guy, or admitting to be a hitman? Oh, Oh, I don't know if it's two or three because my one of my friends actually texted me with a screenshot oh, no. of Marty Janetti's Facebook page and said, did Marty Janetti oh, no. just confess to killing a guy? <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I, I guess I might have to go with Diddy. I mean, is that what we're... Well, we don't know. So, okay. So it was number two and he went on one of his unfortunate social media tirades where... He said, you know, this isn't the first time that I made someone disappear. Right. Heavily what? implying that he killed someone when he was like 13. Now, to be fair, the guy who he allegedly killed was, a, a, you know, a, an abuser or something like that. Yeah. Uh, when he was a kid. So it's like, all right, um, it's a federal case now. And looks like the police are being involved. Oh, so this is really going somewhere. Yeah, this is really oh, going no. somewhere. Yeah, this is really a thing. Um. And yeah, so it just that's what's going on now with Marty Ginetti and the, the police have said, Hey, look, you know, if anyone knows, let us know. We do we're going are we gonna give priority to active cases because this is from nineteen seventy three and they don't really have records that go back that far. And even no missing cases from that year. But it's just kinda like, Well, man, what a thing to just casually say over Twitter. So yeah. Man, just think. Shawn Michaels didn't get the rub and it was Mari Gennetti. What a different world we live in. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Number two. All right. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho breaks quarantine to go on a binge in New York. Okay. Chris Jericho. Like Jericho. Chris Jericho does a gig with no social distancing. Chris Jericho puts over Orange Cassidy in a match. And then regrets it. <laughs> Publicly regrets it? Yeah. That one's so specific. I have to go with number three just because it's very specific. The answer is number two. Oh, no. In, where, where do you do the show? So there was a show, I think it's in South Dakota, with a bunch of bikers. And I oh, don't know. Sturgis, was it's it? Sturgis, yeah. So oh, I don't know did it. Okay. But Jericho's come under a bunch of fire for, uh, you know, having no social distancing and no one wear masks. Now, obviously, he went and said, hey, look, they wear. But you watch footage from Sturgis and you're like, bikers don't really seem to care. So it just kind of is what it is. But yeah, that was the thing that happened. And then he went and had his match with Orin Cassidy, which I haven't actually seen yet because it's Wednesday when we're recording this, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh, wow. That's a. Uh... Good for Jericho. Yeah, I like Jericho. <laughs> what else you know, to say? Ne- 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 it's funny because uh, the show that I did yesterday, I pretty much put over Jericho for you know twenty minutes. So it's like let's have a bit of fun now. Please don't block me, Jer- Please don't block me, Jericho. Come on, like, block you know. him. No, nah, his band blocked me, so I'm still gonna you know give a bit of. I mean, his band's the one that did the gig, and all I'm hearing right? is you trash talking them for not social distancing. <laughs> Fair so I don't see how you're gonna get out of this. Yeah, I'm digging my hole. I'm digging a hole a little bit bigger, right? Um, okay. Oh wow. Okay. And number and number three. <laughs> number three. Um, what are we gonna say? Right. 
Antifa show up and cut a ring down and then they throw a, a block through the door and then walk away and celebrate. Antifa show up and attack one of the main WWE talent or Raw, and, or Raw Underground um, features its first female competitors. Wow. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want it to be number three. I don't want it to be. Not after that cage match I just watched. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, how can there even be enough? Well, you got the MMA. Well, I'm, okay, let's just go with number three and hope it's wrestling related. Please tell me it's not number one. Please it's don't number, be number one. It's number no! one and no! number three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, first of all, oh, that's my. nonsense. That is malarkey right there. No, this it's was true. Not, this was no, not supposed true. to be two choices. No, it's I've true. I'm sorry. Up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I had to because everything in in that lineup is ridiculous. So wait, wait. So they, yeah. Now, someone, at, someone, what, so what did they do? They so where, Sma- what ring? Was, where was this? So on SmackDown, they showed up at the end of the show, and he had like the lamest chainsaw of all time, like a little mini chainsaw. And wait, they who was this? WWE WWE's Antifa group. Oh, I thought you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining some poor indie show has like a ring set up somewhere and the real <laughs> ones went there and like, you're not social distancing. Mind you, I went to a wrestling show this week, um, this weekend. And it was so nice to see a live wrestling show and everybody was wearing masks. Everybody was social distance. Um, and gosh, it was nice to get that bloodlust out of me. I really yeah. needed it. Um, D- don't let that innocent face fool you guys. Dave's bloodthirsty. <laughs> I am a little bloodthirsty. dead much. Um, but yeah, I did so, talk to the owner though. He's very interested in coming on. But oh okay, man, so I look forward to that. To, I'm let's excited. get back to this. Um, okay, so it's WWE's weird. Okay, I got that. Hold on, what's their actual name? Ret- I think Retribution. That's the one. So Retribution is what they're called. But they're still coming out wearing black, and they haven't really said anything yet. We don't really know what's going on. But they decided to like t- attack the ring, which made no sense. And then they cut the ring ropes, and then did. It. But the worst thing about it is, it's not even what they do. It's the fact that you do this little celebration afterwards, which is really cringy, where they're all like, yay, and they clap hands and high five. It's like, oh my God, just <laughs> please stop doing this. <laughs> just, look, just don't say anything. Just be a badass, you know? And it's just like, no. And then on Raw, they didn't attack the performance center. They just threw a, bro- uh, a block through the door and then walked away. And then it cut back to them dancing around the car and high fiving. And it's like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> like, what is WWE trying to I do don't here? Know. I don't even know what they're trying to get over. They haven't said anything. There's no demands. It's just like, what are you doing? Is it is it because of the Antifa thing that, that they think they're trying to get over? Because it doesn't really make any sense. It's like, what is this? I mean, regular Antifa doesn't make any sense. We've been demonetized yet, probably. Um, <laughs> fair. Regular but, doesn't make any fair, sense whatsoever. So why would but, a scripted version make sense? Oh man, funny story. Actually, I was in Dublin there during the week, and like there was a massive protest happening in Dublin. Antifa showed up, and then the cops attacked. Like the cops like responded because they were attacking the cops, and I was like, "What's this? It's crazy." So yeah, man, I don't know. Like WWE, I get it. It's understanding that they're like trying to tap into this, but this is all the wrong way to do it, right? It's like because they haven't said anything. We don't know who's in the group. We don't know what they're trying to get retribution for, right? And it's like. Okay, so, and but fair enough. Take that aside. 
I hope this don't isn't get- one of those big reveals that the WWE is like, we've got a cool idea, but we don't know who we're going to reveal it to be. So we're just going that's to run an angle on. for a that, couple months. Yeah, and then that's we'll what, figure out who it is. That's what it is. So we don't even know who's in it. And uh, Melters came out and said, hey, look, anyone who's portraying the group right now, they're not even who's in the group. Uh, I hate when WWE does yeah, this. Yeah, so it just makes no sense. So what, what's probably going to happen is... It's going to be Taker pro- and Sting is what's going to happen. Oh, well, I did hear... I did hear that Taker and Sting are probably going to come back as a tag team and win the belts. Yourself. No, no, I heard it. I censored myself there. Right to censor. (laughs) But oh, 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 here's another one, right? So what happens if you go on to rightcensor.com now? Do you go to a hardcore pornography site, go to a kitten website, or go to the AEW website? I mean, no, I, no, you're, no, you're not allowed to check it. You have to guess. That's not how this works. <laughs> well, you can't hear my keyboard cacking, my keyboard clacking. <laughs> Why? Why would they buy that domain? I don't know, but that's a thing. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, it goes, it redirects to the AW, uh, AEW website for some reason. So yeah. I assumed you weren't just going to be passing out a porn link on our show. So I figured I was safe to go in there. And I always like kittens, but. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. What is this? Yeah. Oh, Moxley's the world champion? Well done. <laughs> well done. Dave doesn't watch wrestling. <laughs> Recently, he really doesn't. And I hope he doesn't, because then the segment will be, you know, will be gimmicked. It's all real. It's a really nice. It's a really nice looking belt. Yeah. That's one Bret Hart presents. Yeah, I know a little. I've watched I watch their pay-per-views. I work at nights. Hopefully not for more than another couple of weeks, but I work at nights. Long so time. There we yeah. go. So it was worth hanging on to to, to Dave React segment. It was fantastic. But yeah, look, <laughs> do they we- own right to censor? That is there's is there any members in TN oh TNA, sorry. AEW <laughs> oh, that- Freudian slip right there. It was a Freudian slip. That own right to censor? Or that um, in right to censor? Is Al I think No, Al Snow wasn't there, Sean Morley isn't there, Stevie Richards isn't there. No, they're all in TNA or elsewhere, so it is literally just, I think, the domain came free. Like, WWE probably should have kept an eye on that and bought that, but this happens all the time. This is called, um, this actually, for anyone watching, not not um, advocating this, but it's called domain squatting, where if you pretty much just buy a domain or whatever, you can get domains for a couple of, couple of euro. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to buy, uh, if you're smart about it, if you, like, a mo- no movie's coming out or something, buy the domain, and then they'll come to you and give you you know x amount of dollars or even i think amazon went down one time and they had to negotiate buying amazon or whatever there was a uh, south park episode about this where Cartman yeah. bought the domain for the the dallas cowboys yeah it's a thing that happens a was, lot yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing like oh like the domains that we use obviously um we have I'm mixing up all- shows that was a totally different show but that, that was the site i don't know <laughs> You know what but I yeah, think about that's... South Park? There was so much South Park gear worn during SummerSlam 98. We'll get to it. We'll get to yeah, it. Don't worry. Yeah, I didn't know what but, was going on yeah, look, But here's what I don't understand about it. Like, yo, domains auto-renew. <laughs> that's what I find weird. Like, I have error domains to auto-renew. So it's like, do you not, do, not care? So I don't know. WWE dropped the ball on that, and it's just a funny meme. Okay, and the last thing I have... Dave to talk about uh, before we go over $7,000 on... obligation match what is this 
Chris Jericho, but I, I don't, I don't know what's going on in wrestling. Why do oh, I have yeah. a podcast? <laughs> well, okay. It, basically that's the whole orange Cassidy thing, you know, where okay. it's like, if whoever wins has to pay $7,000 because Chris Jericho's jacket. Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what's going on there. Orange Cassidy's uh, the dude with the skateboard, right? No, Orange Cassidy is the guy with the sunglasses. He doesn't talk. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. No. Darby Allen. Okay, now 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 Darby it makes Allen. sense. I got it. I got it. No. Right. Um, actually, that is the last thing that I had to talk about. All right. Okay. Let's 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 kind of swap gears here. Right. So, obviously, our uh, fan pick was Raw, and we did that yesterday. So, <laughs> check glad I missed it. Apparently, it made my World War Three selection not that bad of a selection. No, that's still a bad selection. <laughs> I, could wa- <laughs> I could watch the show and actually see the main event. It just wasn't a very good main event. Actually, it's funny because it had Shawn Michaels versus Mary Gennetti. And I was like, oh, this is kind of funny based on the, what's going on. Um, oh, weird. And also had a, um, oh, what's the guy's name? The guy that died this week. Can't remember his name. Oh, Kamala. Kamala. Yeah, I had a match with Kamala. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really like topical mm. for, for, you know, for this week. Anyway. Okay, so I was like, right, let's let's talk about SummerSlam, and we'll, we'll probably probably go through a couple of SummerSlams while we're we're going up to. I think SummerSlam is not next week; it's the week after the twenty third, the twenty fourth. Um, it's it's whatever that Sunday is. I know I'm shooting a video that Sunday and Monday, so I'll be I'll be awake. So we're probably going to review that then. But um. I mean, I got to pay some attention to modern wrestling. I guess we're definitely well, in a performance center. There's no chance of a crowd at this point. Well, uh, it's still talk about being on a beach or talk about being on a boat. We don't know yet. Oh, right. They don't want to do it in the performance they center. Don't they don't want to do it in the performance center. Okay. So yeah, they either want to yeah. copy Jericho or they want to copy the UFC. Yeah. So okay. I'm just like, right, we'll we'll find out. Or a beach <laughs> a beach wouldn't be a bad idea, to be fair. Like, it's... No, Fight Island's working out pretty well over in... United Arab Emirates, I think it is, or Abu Dhabi. What, world, what kind is. of world are we living in, man? I don't, so know, man. I don't know what's going on at all. Um, Why do you think I'm living in the past on the Wrestling Rewind? Fair, fair. Times well, look, are happy. I said, the, well, that's it. Times are happy. And, you know, what, what's great about 1998 and, and 1999 is you're probably not going to get a bad show or a show that doesn't have some um, noteworthy stuff in it. And I actually forgot SummerSlam 1998 like a lot. It's one that I kind of, I don't know why I forgot it. Like, obviously the big takeaway from this is the ladder match, um, with um hmm. Triple yeah, H for you, of course Rock. it was. Yep. No, for everyone because it's on. It's it's one of those IC ma- matches that people point to that everyone's like, this is the best ladder match. What? No, it was it's not really good. It, yeah, it's not because it has Triple H in it. It's just no, it because is. that's what it is. It is. <laughs> All right, fair. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those matches that everyone would point to, you know, and say, hey, look, this, this is the great ladder match. And up to this point, it was one of the best ladder matches because we didn't have the Hardys, we didn't have the Dudleys, we didn't have Edge and Christian yet. So it kind of was that standard bearer up until, what, the, the following year when yeah. the whole concept of the ladder match just went crazy. But the innovation's we... so interesting. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What, uh, you know, I like, I like this whole, I like pretty much everything about this show. Um, this was in New York, so up your neck, near your neck of the woods. Yeah, Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden. It's Have you been Mecca? To, Have you been to Madison Square Garden? Uh, yeah, one time I passed out on the steps in front of it. I got like heat stroke. So you, you never story. Att- you never attended a show at it? I've never attended. Uh, no, no, I have not. That's strange. Like I, 
Well, I, I live right near Philly, and that's also a really big place for wrestling. So we have a, I know, I, you know. But yeah, like I, I've stayed beside you. I've stayed beside Madison Square Garden in the hotel there. But you know, I don't know. I would, you know, love to go see a show in Madison Square Garden. But you know, All right, well, let's go next week. I'm sure they're open. Dude, I can't, I can't leave the country, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't go to New York. Yeah, I got the country. Yeah. Um, the sadness of the modern world. <laughs> the sadness of the modern world is so upsetting. You know, that's something I love, though, about these 1998, 1999 shows that we're doing is it's almost like living in an age of innocence because yeah. these are all pre-9-11. And yep. if, if you're younger and you're listening and you're going, yeah, well, whatever, that was a, we get it. That was something in history that happened. But for us, it changed no, the world man. so fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, it, it's that, funny, like the, the yeah. first couple of times I went to the States, um, it was like, Hey, you know, are you gonna go see the mouse? And we're like, yeah, because we were like, what, eight, nine, you know? <laughs> You're like, yeah, whatever. And then you go over, visit my uncle and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, and then after 9-11, it's like, you know, proper interrogation. So I missed the world pre 9-11, man. It was, it was a much better time. Like a lot, a lot more innocence. And yeah. uh, just, I don't know, harkens back. I don't know, whatever. It does feel that way. Like, it's weird. Like, it's 2000, I was over in the States in 2000, like in, August mm-hmm. um, and September. My uncle got married in September, so it was there, like you know, around that time. It's just weird to think back. You know, this is weird. Well, actually, that was, that was 2001. I was there uh, in September, and then 2000 uh, there in August. So just it's weird, man. It's it's a weird time to kind of think back. But this show is one that kind of gets lost in the shuffle because it's like the transition period from like 1997 wrestling WWE to 1999 wrestling which is completely different and what I like about this show is it's like one that's kind of sandwiched in between you know they fully haven't reached out to you there yet but you're still kind of like really there and a lot of the people in it you're like oh okay this is strange and you wouldn't see them again because they'd be gone by 1999 and replaced by somebody a lot better and then by 2000 replaced by somebody even better again Um, but it had a lot of stuff that I really liked it was kind of the main true line of this show was Every single talent had a story. Everyone had something to do, and everything felt important. It was great. Uh, Munster Mutt chimed in there. I was in the US in July 2001, two months before 9/11. Completely different the next time I went back in terms of security and atmosphere in the airports. Yeah, it's sad reality, and uh, I wonder what it's going to be like after this health emergency is finished. You know, just... I have to wait till November to see. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. Not fun. Okay. Speaking of Antifa now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's three dark matches, and I wish I wish we actually got to see them because they look pretty fun. Too much versus LOD 2000. Gangrel versus Dustin Reynolds, who's Gold Dust. Thank, thank you. The, the site, well, some people might not notice. You know, the, the only good uh, member of the Reynolds family. Right, we covered that last week. Yes. We did. We did. We did. Uh, and the Disciples of the Apocalypse, Eight Ball and Skull, defeated Bradshaw and Vader. That match I'm kind of glad we didn't see because that sounded like it sucks. Um, but yeah, man, like, so the show kind of started off really hot with a D'Lo Brown Val Venus match uh, for the European Championship. Super good. Um, really just gets such a great reaction. Oh, All man. the time, such a great reaction. Everyone's over. There's no one on this show who is, like, not over. You know, everyone. Well... 
We'll talk about the oddities in a second. I was, I knew you were going to mention the oddities. Well, as soon as I said it, I'm like, <laughs> he's going to bring up the oddities. Uh, the oddities, you know, they weren't around for very much longer, and that's the reason why. But everyone else kind of got over, and he gave the opportunities to do so. And you think about it, like, it's weird because, like, D'Lo and a lot, uh, D'Lo, The Rock, and Owen Hart all come out to variations to the nation music. And you're like, why are you coming out to The Rock's music? And you're like, oh, yeah, wait, that's The Nation's music, and that The Rock kind of adapted. So it's weird to kind of think about that. And um, Val Venus, <laughs> the co- I love the commentary. Like there are so many moments going, "Oh wow, oh we're back again. Here we go," with uh, the king just making some horrific, horrific statements. Now, to be fair, they weren't misogynistic really no. that much. There was just a lot of innuendos. One of the best ones was Val Venus. How does he keep rising up, up over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my god, Jerry. There, there like, were a, like, I think I'm starting to get like some cognitive dissonance to the commentary. Yeah. Where I just accept it. Like there was some there's I'm trying to think which match it was. Um the one where Sable, where Mark Marrow like slams Sable onto Mark Marrow. Oh, yeah, Mark yeah. Marrow slams Sable onto Mark Marrow. No. Whoever it was slammed him onto her and Jim Ross made some comment like, oh, I bet every man in America wishes they were Mark Merrow right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, all right. I, I, I don't get that anymore. I find it very disturbing when Jim Ross joins in on that kind of stuff. Right? Like, Jerry Lawler, he's like the creepy uncle, so you expect it. Uh, yeah. He's Jim like, Ross is like the grandfather. Exactly. Like, you know, uh, Jerry Lawler is like Joe Biden. You know, you expect him to be creepy. <laughs> But speaking but, of Kamala, <laughs> but you, oh god, yeah, but you you expect it, like you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna say something horrible, and you know everyone's gonna be like, oh okay. But when Jr. comes, in, you're like, oh no, no, don't, you, man, don't, no, don't. You don't need to lower yourself to this. You're already really respected. Uh, most yeah, of I, jo- I do most love of- the dynamic though. Yeah, they, I they like that they like, actually work off of each other and they actually try and push storylines along and play up the heel, play up the face. Mm. It just feels so much more realistic than Corey Graves just shoving stuff down our throats. All like, I oh, remember, you like Mandy, I get it. All I remember about Goldust was he knocked down Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, once the month, um, that's probably a good thing. Goldust has some really good moments later on, but his earlier stuff is that's what it's like Vince McMahon wanted to pay for him to get fake boobs put in true story a true story and true that's story. why he and that's why he left WWE for a while because he's like I'm not doing this but then we'll come back and have a great run with, with, with uh, Booker T and it was just hilarious so yeah it's wrestling was weird around this time and Goldust is a very interesting character that yeah it depends where you want to go with that I mean, but, I just uh, loved him going to WCW and being like, I'm not wearing a face paint and mask anymore. It might have even been TNA. I got confused. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired of it. And then the next week he shows up and he's acting face yeah. paint. You know, yeah. It's like, what? Everywhere what he's been, he's wore uh, face paint and a mask. I have to say, when I, lo- I loved him in TNA when he was like really out of shape as Black Rain. And he was tight. Ty- right. Where was, was ty- he? Seven? Was he seven in seven in WCW? In WCW yeah. Okay. And, uh, I know what I'm talking about, guys. I'm qualified <laughs> for this show. Uh, but what I loved about it was he was like horrifically out of shape, but he was tagged with this guy who called Relic, and Relic is killer backwards. And I'm like, this is the cringiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Oh, That's man. Oh, you know what? We're going to talk about Hard Justice 2007 at some point. So, oh, Of course we are. That's coming. Uh, I always remember being... 
really out of shape, especially compared to Steve Austin or Triple H. Well, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. See, like Goldust was never really known for being like a great worker. It was more just the weird stuff he'd do in the ring. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, he is a great worker, and Vince Russo wrote some great stuff for him. Yeah, that make the character yeah. get over. Yeah, and he did is, get over. Yeah, surprising for the times. He's the character that would fit better, I think, nowadays, maybe than during the Attitude Era. In some well, respects. In other well, respects, he'd probably get cancelled. So, I don't know. Well, you see, that's the thing. Like, what? The, a lot of the stuff that he would do... Uh, yeah, it gets cancelled now. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do it because it'd be hate speech or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's why they're able to get away with smashing the wall of the performance center and such. There's like, it's that we're on your side. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But like a lot of the stuff that Goldust would do, he'd be a heel. And I don't think presenting somebody doing what he would do as a heel would be a good idea. It's like the same way bringing back the nation now would be a really bad idea as a heel group. But you also can't put it as a face group because of the the connotations of those angles are very dangerous uh, in the wrong spin, in the wrong narrative. And that's just, you don't need it, which is why we end up with such lame milk toast stuff now. You know, wrestling should just be wrestling. And then you can just do whatever you want. But that just doesn't work nowadays, you know. But back here, yeah, Goldust could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> you know, he could be, you know, a- ambiguous with everything and really kind of play up that psychological. I did like the fact that when he came out and would do the weird stuff, it would actually freak people out. And then he'd come out and actually win the match. And you're like, wow, it's actually, actually, he's playing his ring psychology. So that was kind of, the the, the idea was good. Vince Russo, I think, just pushed it really far. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, he was writing the script while watching Jerry Springer. I mean, that's a well-known fact. So what do you expect? Well, there you go. But the D'Lo Val Venus match, I really enjoyed it. It was a super competitive match. I totally forgot why D'Lo Brown had that vest. It turns out it was from an injury, and he just never stopped wearing it. Um, I know, see was- missed potential with Roman Reigns here. They should make a deal out of Roman Reigns' gear and make him like yeah, like, extra, load, like put some load, like little studs on it or something. Yeah, load the load the gear, load the gear, so you can you know add extra impact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Val Venus again was in here. Um, this was still very early on in all their runs. Like Edge appeared in the crowd. I was like, "Who's Edge?" You know. So it's like, well, okay, we're really kind of seeding here. You know, what I liked about this was, even though this was like an early match for the European belt, it firmly established, here's the crop of guys you're going to have. Here's what this tier of um, wrestling is going to be about. Here's what we can expect. And you just don't get that nowadays. Guys just show up and do stuff. You know, yeah. it's like Edge showed up for like, what, a second? And you're already like, oh, man, who's Edge? What's going on? Why is he? Why is that he cross body over. Oh, that was in his match later. Never mind, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I just don't understand Valvinus going after the referee at the end. Like, why would you want to do the money shot on yeah. dude? I'm confused. I don't know. I, I, the referee got way too involved from my liking where he like called, pretty much cost Valvinus the match. It's like, hold on. You're upset that he's wearing the vest, but you weren't upset that Dilo was wearing the vest? That doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just dumb. That's booking 101. Oh, I'm man. So, so dumb. So dumb. But yeah, like, a great match was kind of undone by bad overbooking but you know we let it go it kind of he uh, heated everything up the next match did not but Kai and Ty were there so Kai and Ty are fun but man the oddities Giant Silva Gogata 
Corrigan with Luna Vajan, Shaggy Too Dope and Violent J. ICP in the house. Oh man, I forgot ICP were there and it's just like, yeah, well, this is so 90s. But it's like, it's so underground 90s because it wasn't mainstream yet, which is why like a couple of years later, they just would not want to go near ICP, which is why they started their own wrestling promotion. Uh, and it's very and successful in, one, actually. Oh yeah. It's still going actually as well. Yeah, probably. And then Kai and Tai with Dick Togo, Men's Tiaki, Shou Funaki, Takamichinoku, and Yomagasi-san. Very well hand- done. Very well done on the pronunciations. I'm impressed. I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, uh, look, I, I can do Japanese a little bit. Um, other ones, not so much, but I do try my very best. Um, a handicap match that <laughs> the oddities won, and it wasn't very good. Don't watch it. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. It was it wasn't the worst wrestling I saw all week. That kind of goes to that raw and those two minute matches. So that this wasn't it. And I enjoyed the commentary from King and Lawler. So King and JR. So you know it was alright. But definitely not the best match on the card. Probably the one match I'd say skip and uh, forget about very quickly. The next match was a hair versus hair match. Now, here's what's interesting about this. I actually forgot when Jeff Jarrett shaved, like, got his hair, got the short haircut. Because anytime I'd watch him, he'd have the long hair. But you knew he was going to lose on this. You usually know when someone's going to lose the hair versus hair match because one of the lads is going bald. Like, mm, a, okay. like, like aggressively. Um, but also, you know, if it's um, like when Punk's case, Mysterio wasn't going to lose his mask. So, right. uh, well, again, he just wasn't going to lose the max. So, you know, it was pretty clear. This, if I hadn't been watching this in 1998, I wouldn't have known really who would have lost because it could have went either way because it wasn't like Jarrett was going bald. He obviously hasn't. And they didn't really kind of do that gimmick shift until a couple of weeks later where he kind of went a bit more serious with own heart. So, I don't know. What did you think about this? Like, this, obviously, and then the setup on he where he shaved... Um, her, Howard Finkel's head, and because of you're like, oh yeah, there's no way he's winning this one. This is obviously a thing, but a setup to it actually left a lot to be left a lot of questioning. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't show more of Howard Finkel getting his hair shaved because I didn't even know that happened until the match, and maybe that's better because it left it more open for me. Well, it happened sure. on heat. It happened on heat. Like it, one thing I miss about current WWE, and say what right. you want about the pre-show. The pre-show is BS in my opinion. I don't like the WWE pre-shows. Bring no, back either. heat because heat would actually have stuff on it that would directly mm-hmm. impact the show. And we're not talking about like, oh, someone wins the hardcore belt. I mean, like literally stipulations for WrestleManias at main events would be done on heat. Absolutely. The lads would be there and do things. And that's what I miss. I, you know, and I miss, I'm probably the only person in the world that misses it, but I, I dearly miss Velocity on Saturday nights. There was about oh, yeah. a one-year window where I only watched Velocity because that's where Paul London wrestled each week. Mm. He had a match. And, and AJ Styles and all that kind of stuff were all so Velocity. It was, yeah. But I mean, London was there every week. Him and, wasn't Jimmy Wang Yang yet, but who would become him. I mean, they were killing each other and putting on four-star matches on a weekly basis. It was really fun to watch. And that's the guy that got me back into wrestling was London. So oh, man, I really do miss those shows quite a bit. But like what I mean, what Main I mean event about, doesn't do it for me. I, no, I, well, look, I'm not talking about this is a uniquely attitude era thing that they've kind of lost where it actually me, goes into the show itself. Yeah, they've lost yeah. sight of it. Like 
you don't need more wrestling. Ironically, wrestling doesn't need more wrestling, right? Wrestling needs storytelling and arcs and stuff to make sense. And when I watched the pre-show, the reason why I skipped the pre-show nine, nine times out of ten is because it's two hours, nothing happens, and it's filled with interviews. Still do your interviews, but have what? Who's the main star in WWE? Right I don't know. Have Bray Wyatt. No, I can't have Bray Wyatt. Seth. See, this is this is have Seth come out and say, "Look, tonight's match is going to be an ODQ match, and here's why." And then attack someone. There you go. You have he coming in. People are going to be like, oh my God, you see? and then they could play it back. Because what they used to do around this time is they'd play back stuff from Heat. So you'd actually watch it. When Heat lost its kind of, it, its power, I suppose, is when they went away from that. And you just have Jobber showing up. It became like main event. And yeah, exactly. I, yeah, and I miss, and that's that was never the appeal of Sunday Night Heat. Sunday Night Heat was the last, the last kind of chance to really buy into the show. Where it's like, hey, look, it's coming up this way. You don't want to miss it. Here's why. And I, what I used to love as well, they stopped doing it, which really bugged me as well in the, la- the last point of it. The heat used to take place inside the arena. So if it was a WrestleMania, it would take place inside the WrestleMania arena. They used to then tape it on Raw, like after Raw. It's like, this is not heat. This is just garbage here, you know? Yeah. So that's what I miss. I thought that was great. And this is an example of it. Like, obviously, you didn't have to watch heat, but by watching it, it added so much to it where you're like, oh man, Jeff Jarrett's such a jerk and Dennis Knight is such a jerk. Let's go and, you know, cheer for X-Pac more. And then obviously he came out with X-Pac and, you know, was wearing the DX shirt and everyone had a good time. So it was a, a very, very good match. How um, many times have there been a hair versus hair match where, and yes, it was a good match. X-Pac very did good some match. awesome flying heel kicks, I thought. But um, and, and Jeff Jarrett was fantastic too. You forget how yes. good of a worker the man is. He's really decent. Oh, phenomenal. And yet yeah. another uh, guitar gets smashed. But how many times <laughs> do we have to watch a guy get his head shaved and they don't realize that you need to trim it with the shears first and yeah. then go for the clippers? Like yeah. they always get jammed and broken. When they took that out and it was a little battery powered one from the late nineties, I was like, there's no way. There's no way this is cutting Jared's hair. No, no way. There's just what they should have done. And I know you can't have the spectacle of it in the ring, but they should have hard cut to doing it backstage mm-hmm. later on in the night, you know, where Jeff Jarrett ran back and then all the lads attacked him and then they did it that way. The same way they did it with um sorry, my hand is there. Same way they did it with um, Kurt Angle and Edge from Judgment Day a couple of years ago, like 17 years ago. It was like started in the ring, but then finished back. Yeah, it, fi- yeah, it yeah. finished on top of the stage, but it kind of went around and carried it through the whole night. I think that would have been more impactful, and they also could have got around that limitation. But yeah, like, look, hair versus hair matches, how often have we seen them where that happens? And I think they kind of learned, you know, here's how you do them. But um, yeah, it was kind of funny to just see the Clippers like not work <laughs> and then just break and then just have to cut the hair and then they drag them off. You know, it, it was what it was. It was a fun little show. Um, it, it kind of revamped Jeff Jarrett. Like he'd come out and be way more serious now after this. He'd start having, in my opinion, the best run of his career outside of TNA. And uh, yeah, so this is where we start seeing the genesis of a much more serious Jeff Jarrett, which we will talk about. Don't get me wrong. We really will talk about uh, w- late WWE Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Cause I, I, I think he's great. He's one of the best heel characters that they've ever had. One of the best costumes of all time. There's no doubt about that. 
Well, you know, after this, I think he, he gets rid of that weird silver thing that always appears on this show for some reason. He's always in it. Just, <laughs> no matter where he is, he just shows up in that. It's like, man, come on. Does nothing. Does nothing for you. Um, friends. Reminds don't me let... of Zack Ryder's uh, half shorts, half pants uh, thing he was doing for friends. A while. Don't let other friends go out like that. And that's why I'm like, you know, n- no one except for Owen Hart was his friend because Owen dressed him properly. Like, listen, man, <laughs> you can't go out with that anymore. <laughs> you have to wear something less terrible. And he did. So fair play. All right. Your next mismatch, a match that had moments on the commentary that were interesting. We can't talk about this, but wasn't necessarily good. Was Edge and Sable versus Jacqueline and Mark Merrow. This was a mixed tag team match. Now, remember, Mark Merrow and Sable came into the company together. This is when Sable was like the biggest thing in wrestling. Um, and Edge had only debuted very recently. So, Dave, you brought this up. So, talk us, talk us through it. What happened? And why should we watch it or skip it? Uh, I, I do think it's worth the watch because I look at Sable through 2020 lens. Well, I'd say more like 2014 lens when she was with Lesnar and all that started to go. She's, so still, I, she's still with Lesnar. No, I know she is. I know she is, but she I'm saying, I remember those. <laughs> yeah, she did marry them. Him. Um, I, and now I don't even want to talk because now I just mentioned Brock Lesnar's name and I'm afraid he's going to like run in here and F5 me, which is worth mentioning because Sable does an F5 during this match, which I thought was kind of cool. She does, they called it the TKO. Mm. Um, I was like, oh, that's that's a little appropriate that she would do that. That's cool. Mm. Um, Edge, it's so cool to see a young Edge that's flying around before he like makes a big like leap on the ladders and everything. I mean, he was doing suicide dives over the top rope to the outside, which was absolutely insane, I thought. Um, Jacqueline, again, like my exposure to her was in the early 2000s. So seeing her in her youth gave me a totally different perspective on her talent. Same with Sable. Like, I mean, Sable, as you know, I'm trying to think when she became, it's probably when she did the Playboy issue with Tori Wilson is when I started to take notice of her and like, oh, there's this wrestler. But I was like, oh, who's this old wrestler posing? I don't get this. So when you go back in time, it starts to make a lot more sense and a lot of strength. A lot of cool double team moves between her and Edge that I liked. Well, what's interesting about this is this is just before the women's division becomes kind of a joke. Um, yeah, yeah, they were actually doing stuff. They were actually doing stuff, and that's what's that's what's interesting about 1997, 1998. That it kind of disappears late 1999, after the evening gown, after the evening gown pull match at, at Armageddon 1999. You're like okay women's wrestling is kind of done for a while you get a lot more evening gown matches um as well uh, my favorite uh, was it, the it was the um, the lingerie the match yeah lingerie matches and the lingerie match matches. that had to be changed to an evening gown match because one of the divas breast implants had burst so yeah, they couldn't like t- they couldn't take any moves for that match so they had to redo the gimmick for it so they wouldn't take impact it, you know it sucks because it's like this is this was wrestling for women for a long time uh, in WWE, and it would kind of be the, it would be worse in WCW. Uh, it wouldn't be until TNA where you'd really start kind of seeing that shift, you know. Um, you know, I, oh, yeah. I'm gonna say something really controversial. Obviously, I like the shift. Nope, nope, never mind. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Are you gonna say you miss having the variety? Is that what it is? Because I, you know, I don't blame you. Because it provided a certain kind of comedy, it provided a certain kind of 
viewership. I, I, why you can't know, we have listen, both? Like, yeah, that's, I look, I agree. I, I've always been a, a huge proponent of female wrestling. When I was working for The Sun and that, I would always kind of push the TNA women's division because that was the best thing they had, honestly. And I'm a big fan of women's wrestling. But in the same way, it's a, something unique that only women can actually do. Right. You know, I know I know he had the tuxedo match, but nobody really wants to watch that. There's you know, not- nobody wants to watch a Vince Russo book tuxedo yeah. on a no- chain match yeah. that I saw in person and it was <laughs> I literally the fans were chanting fire Russo. Yeah. That's how bad this match was. I think it was yeah. Jay Lethal versus uh uh Sanjay Dutt, I think. Yeah, see nobody God, wants bad. to watch yeah, it was bad. And nobody wants to watch it. it. But what, what I think is interesting is you can ha- see because like not everyone is going to be a Becky Lynch. Not everyone is right. going to be uh, a Bailey. Not everyone is going to be uh, even a what's your woman's name? The really tough one. I mentioned Ronda, earlier. Ronda Rousey. Oh, we got Ronda Rousey. Yeah, not everyone's going to have those skills to be able to do it. But I would say that there is a market for these other venues. And the problem with women's wrestling when you go into like 2003, 2005. They started picking models to hold belts and stuff where you're like, listen, they can't work. I don't know what you're doing. You open the door. I'm going to say it. Alicia Fox is on the WD roster because John Laurinaitis was going through a magazine and pointed to her and said, let's hire her. And and she's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. And she's the crappiest wrestler in the world. The only good thing she does is the Northern Lights Suplex Bridge, which I'm a sucker for. But then the Young Bucks ruined it during that stadium stampede match. So I don't even care about that move anymore. Fire her. The the only match I ever walked out of wasn't a Lisa Fox match. I was at at a SmackDown or a Raw with Gary in Liverpool, I think. And I'm like, I have to leave. And he's like, why? I'm like, because Alicia Fox is coming out and I can't handle that. So I went to and I was just like, this is terrible. And it's the only match I actually left and came back. And I was like, it's over now, right? Grand. Yeah, if you, if you go and scroll around on YouTube, like somewhere in the archives, there's a video of me singing a song about how much Alicia Fox sucks. Yeah, she's that exists on some random YouTube channel I had years ago. But what I'd say is, you know, for someone like that, having ended, because look, all these stipulations stuff, they're all, they're all tools, right? Right, having uh, you know uh, an even and gown match or a lingerie match or something, maybe not that because you know, well, we're not PG anymore. Um, in the toolbox, you're like, well, you know what? Okay, you could book that well, and you could use it. Taking it off the table, I think, was a silly decision, and I get why a lot of the women probably wouldn't want it because it is, you know, for a a real wrestler, it's probably the meaning, and I totally get that. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying I want a bikini. Uh, what they used to do, like little bikini things on Raw each week contest. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, need that. Don't day, we don't need to see. Every, no, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying there's, just like there's cruiserweights and there's you know big guys. Like why mm. can't there be different segments of the women that you employ? Like exactly, it'd be fun I, to see something between the managers. Oh yeah, well look, the, well look, the Bellas, the Bellas can't work, but no, no one would, no one would. No one would say, hey, I don't want to see uh, a match like that with the Bellas. Because you're like, well, look. And then, you know, they'd help them get over. It's just, it's about getting people over. And right. by, for- by forcing people into a situation that they can't actually work in, it just ruins the product. And I think it's maybe something that we should probably consider at revising their policies on that. But hey, look, 
it is what it is. Let us know what you think, guys. If you disagree, totally let us know. If you agree, go for it. You know, it's Welcome just to the it's, team. Exactly, yeah. Um, my favorite match is coming up next. Speaking oh. of concepts that they got rid of, and I don't know why they got rid of because it's probably the most underrated match in WWE history. God, you didn't like this. There's no way you like this. Ken Shamrock defeated Owen Hart in a Lions Den match. Why didn't please, you like please, it? No, no, why didn't you like it? Why didn't I, you like it? It had everything. It had Ken Shamrock. It had a cage. It was great. Okay, I'm going to get... All right. I'll, I'll give props or props. We'll argue. It was so Ken unique, Shamrock, dude. It was, okay, it was, it was so unique. unique. It was so yes. unique. It was so like, here's the thing, right? If they had had that as like a SummerSlam, because he did it next year in SummerSlam as well. I mean, isn't that what the Underground Fight Club? That That's all I was thinking during watching this match. Is, oh, God. Is this what but that's what they should do. They should just have, bring back the Lions Den match and hire Ken Shamrock. Oh, my God. That's what they do. Right. Hire Ken Shamrock. get Frank Shamrock. Honestly. Well, Ken Shamrock's working in Impact at the moment, so they could probably just throw... Oh, for crying out loud. They, they could probably is. just throw a sandwich and, you know, oh, and he'd come. So, look. WWE, hire Ken Shamrock to be the ru- running the underground thing and bring back the Lions then. Now, I, I did like Ken Shamrock jumping off the ring. It was so cool. At one it point for that. That, it that, great, I thought yeah. that was a great move. I find it odd when you're going for an MMA style match and then you stop pounding the guy and get him up into a suplex. It kind of takes me out of what you're trying to create, which is yeah. kind of what I'm worried about with the you know the well, that's that's the same thing that's how that, that's the same thing that's happening now with underground yeah. where they're doing wrestling moves yeah. it's just i don't get now that also i just have a weird place in my heart when i watch and no pun intended but when i watch owen hart matches i have a very difficult time watching them especially coming up to the end of 1998 because in the back of my mind I see this kid who's doing great things and I know what's about to happen to him. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's your problem. It's Um, very... Yeah, I I know. I know. But you won't enjoy... You won't enjoy it if you keep doing it. It's like watching Benoit matches. You just have to have that degree of separation. That's that's what holds me back, I think, from really loving these matches is the the hindsight. Because this match taken in... for what taken for what it is. Yeah. They do some really great things. Like a lot I of love, innovation. The presentation, I loved having just it there in the theater. I was like, oh my God, this looks so good. And it's something so small. It's like, just use more more of the arena. And then, you know, just Ken Shamrock, obviously being Ken Shamrock, working with Owen Hart, who's able to do these fluid submission combos. Mm, you're like, this yeah. just looks fantastic. These guys put on one of the best shoot fake shoot matches right. that I've ever seen and this is one of them now the one that would happen a year later isn't as good it's kind of hokey this is probably the best lines end match that you'll ever see yeah and I like the fact that the fans really hyped for it because this oh, yeah. was the only match they saw that SummerSlam I'm yeah. led to believe because they no, were in a different theater there were screens so they probably watched the screen yeah but I mean yeah. you're in the same building but you're watching it's like going to the movies versus being in the actual arena fair but you know, you know I just think saying. to be honest with you if, if I was given the the choice I'd actually would rather watch this in there because that's something you would never see oh it's yeah right way. over yeah. Triple H versus The Rock on a ladder match yeah no I believe you you're not making stuff up okay fair <laughs> uh, <laughs> the New Age Outlaws in a handicap match defeated Mankind because of course they did of course they did. Poor I'm so Mankind. disappointed that they could not get their intro out, man. No, That's my favorite Ma- part. 
mankind got battered in this so badly. Um, <laughs> he did. He did. And the outlaws were horrible to Mick Foley. If, look, if, look, I know it was work and stuff, but if I was Mick Foley nowadays, I'd really hate Billy Gunn and <laughs> Road Dog because they beat the heck out of him a lot in 1998. You know? And it's just, it's, it's kind of sad, but Kane no-showed this and they made a whole big song and dance out of it. Not a very good match. A quick six, five-minute match. Yeah, was what it was. What was up with that dumpster? What was that? Oh, why was that, Kane in the dumpster? What was okay. going on there? That's a callback to WrestleMania where they had a dumpster match with Chainsaw Charlie. We will watch that. We will watch WrestleMania okay. 1998. That's a callback. We yeah, we Great. will. Uh, the glories of a dumpster match, something that we don't see nowadays. That is on the list. We I couldn't tell from the way the camera was cut if like Kane had been in there the whole time, if Foley got out and switched places with Kane so they could do the sledgehammer spot, if he just mm. moved out of the way for the sledge. I there was good camera work, I guess, because I was trying to figure out the production of it, which led me into the whole. Okay, this is kind of neat. I, yeah. I I miss that Kane. I miss that version yeah. of Kane. I will say that version of Kane is my favorite version. He's just he's so um he's so menacing and so maniacal. Where everything you buy, you're like, this is a big deal. And then as he was overexposed, he becomes less of a big deal. And this is still when he's you know monster Kane. Next one, the one of the most famous ladder matches of all time. The gold standard of a ladder match up until like literally a year later with um that's why the Hardy boy have you seen the Hardy's Edge match uh, Edge and Christian match from No Mercy? Of course. Of course. Yeah, like literally that was I remember watching that live and that fundamentally changed what people thought a ladder match was. Up until this point, this Thank you for listening to a nerd to know media um, production. So it's one I've seen hundreds of times. It's a great match. I kind of forgot the DX band walk Triple H down to the ring. Thought that was cool. It is the cool. crowd didn't seem to have any idea why it was happening. No, they did not. Uh, <laughs> but, the editing uh, was pure bonkers, quite frankly. But I, I, I was chuffed by it. I will though. Weird, will weird editing on the network for Xbox entrance too. Actually, yeah. Did you show the video like way too? And I think that is because something must have happened live that they wanted to get rid of. But they showed the video way longer than they should have. Um, but this match was pretty good. Um, it was what it was. <sighs> it, this was just before they both broke. This was their kind of coming out moment. You know, The Rock was about to be elevated in Deadly Games um, a couple of months later. Triple H obviously would get his chance at next year's SummerSlam where he'd, you know, become crippled Stone Coast Steve Austin basically and start a great feud. We will get there. Um, but this was the point where you had the passing of the guard, really the passing of the torch, Triple H and The Rock became superstars after this match and it's uh, in, in in hindsight it's weird to see mm. in context it makes sense but afterwards I don't even think anybody there realized exactly what what, what they were watching and it's a match to, yeah. it's a match that holds up it's great it's a fantastic 26 little minute match I thought so too I loved all the spots that they did I thought they all flowed well together the rock oversells like the rock oversells and I and that's just rock so I love it mm. Triple H in pants weird sight yeah, Definitely it's a crazy. Weird sight. I always forget that early Triple H, you know, would wear that. So, yeah, I don't know what's happening to my voice. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the main event, a kind of disappointing main event. The best thing about this, I suppose, is uh, Austin's smoking skull belt, which is... Oh, I don't know. I like this match, but... actually. I liked it, too, but it didn't really have the... You know, it's weird. When I was talking with Austin, he said, you know, he never had the match with um, that he wanted to take at WrestleMania. And that's true. He always would kind of feud with The Undertaker at SummerSlam and s- summer months. 
that's when he so fully loaded SummerSlam un, uh, Unforgiven. That would be the big, big feud or King of the Ring or something like that. It would never really be a WrestleMania tier event. So it's always kind of it's one thing that I I don't know why they never had the big blowout match. But then going back and watching this, it, w- it was a decent match. Um, but nothing was really done. There was no real kind of nothing was finished. Right? There was no real finality which i think is the problem we're so used to SummerSlam being the wrestlemania of the summer at this point it was just a pay-per-view that happened at the summer and that's kind of what this match felt like it's you know i was obviously happy to see austin win because you know but i don't think it really it didn't have that big match feel if that makes sense for me anyway no but i will say it was cool to see taker at that age, because, yep. oh my gosh, the way he would fly around the ring, fly outside the ring was absolutely unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. And now you understand why he had so many surgeries over the course of his life. And even Stone Cold was a lot more rambunctious than in 98 than we would see after multiple neck surgeries and back surgeries, surgeries and spine and all surgeries that stuff. and stuff. Yeah. Like so it's, it's the, I think that was my, the, my overall theme of this show, even going back to like Devo versus Valvinas, they're in their late twenties. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the people who we look at today who are wrestling in their forties, seeing them in their twenties provides a whole different perspective. And oh, I also definitely. liked uh, Taker doing the respect of handing the belt over because it was clear. Oh, Taker's already the locker room leader at this point. Yeah. So I thought it was a cool little moment. It was cool. I like Taker, this is before he'd go satanic cult leader. This was still just, you know, he's just the dead man. Oh, I did um, love that outfit, though. Oh, yeah, man. Like, it, he gets very interesting with his wrestling attire and stuff like that. It gets kind of cool. And you can see why he transitioned into the American Badass, like, two years from this, because he, he hits the point where it starts to get silly in 1998. Mm. And it's like, okay, we're kind of done um, with this. But, yeah, look... Overall, if you haven't seen SummerSlam 1998, uh, as someone who hasn't seen SummerSlam 1998, what would you say and what were your takeaways from it? I I would say that it's a really... Skip the oddities match. Mm. Um, But other than that, I thought the whole thing was definitely worth watching. It kept me entertained. I fully expected to fall asleep during it because I always watch these things like when I get home from work. And I was like, no, I'm really into this show. Um, Madison Square Garden always has a special feel to it. Yeah. Stone Cold, uh, the eruption when he comes out. I mean, nothing nothing matches that. No way. Um, Triple H also got a fantastic ovation. So, and, the, and the Lion's Den match, as much as I'm, I was trying to pick on Derek for it actually is a really good match. Mm. Um, and I, it's if you like looking back in the, like a little time capsule of you know your pre-2001 world and uh, your favorite wrestlers as kids, really. I mean, they're younger than we are now, which is crazy yep. to think about. So um, I, 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 it was one of those really fun shows that at the very least you're getting your network subscription money worth out of. This is your definitely, watch. definitely. That's what this show kind of is. It's actually making me use my network subscription for it probably is, what yeah. it's supposed to be used for. So look, ne- next week we'll probably, oh, we haven't decided yet. Let us know what you guys want. We might run a poll or something like that. A leader be, a leader be SummerSlam 1998 or we might do a WCW show again. I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. We'll put up a poll because we can actually do polls on, on YouTube. So we'll, we'll do that. And um, yeah, Dave, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Follow me on Instagram. Oh, I almost did it. Follow me on in- wherever it is on Instagram at the Dave Stevens, but actually follow me on Twitter. I don't want to lose. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> handle. I talk about wrestling sometimes if I show up, I don't know. 
Fair enough, guys. If you want to keep in touch with us, you can. NerdToKnowMedia.com is where you can check everything out. Please like, subscribe, hit the bell. That really helps us out a lot. And uh, yeah, we are available anywhere that podcasts are available. And sub to the channel. We're going to have a lot more content coming up. And we'll see you next week here on the True Penny channel, Phoenix 92.5 FM, NerdToKnowMedia.com, and of course, YouTube, Twitch, and all that good stuff. This has been The Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys.